Uh, greetings, friends. Jacques Howard here. I'm at Hub 13, 13 West Front Street in historic downtown Trenton, and I'm with Darren Freedom Green. We are attending the Black Cannabis Juneteenth Mixer with a hyper-focus on the LOVE program, which is an acronym that stands for Legacy Operators Vying for Equity. Um, Darren, first of all, thank you for your time on this yeah. very busy yeah. holiday. Not yes, a day sir. off, but a day yes, on. Yes, um, we were able to capture you before you have to run. Yeah. But um, I want you to talk a bit about um, cannabis. Um, where the cannabis space is here and and as a person who's deeply involved and deeply entrenched in helping to build out what the community looks like when I yeah. say the community politics healthcare, right. lifestyle quality of life all those things from your perspective how do you see cannabis uh, playing a role in that first of all thanks for having me job absolutely love you bro so part Thank of you. our work and you've known it for years part of why we linked is exposure Right, so we're not exposed in black and brown communities where we're educated to what is happening so we don't know what needs to happen. So when we talk about cannabis here, this space, how long did it take to materialize? How long did it take to come into place where you actually have a centralized location where you can deal with the industry as a whole? This is an institution for economic development. Words like generational wealth, words like ownership, words like credibility, words like continuity, empowerment, um, those are foreign words to our community. When you start talking about that, you actually build up a resentment because people are in fear of things they've never seen or experienced. That's why our role, whether it be media and the platforms we have, ought to be a consistent beacon of light. My mother always said to me, you ought to be a lighthouse. You, know, you ought to be the person where when the water gets dark and the universe gets deep, they people need to be able to see you and swim towards you. I, I can't even really talk about it that much. I get full because she, she laid so much on me to be the spark. And some of the babies even say that, if I just keep swimming towards you, I'm going to be okay. And I'm like, oh. Hey, listen, I wanna, look, that is a whole nother conversation yeah, in a man. second because yeah. um, I know that many men talk about the role that their mother yeah. or a female or a woman yeah. played in their lives. Yeah. But seeing you, that is more than just yeah. you saying it. That was a whole spiritual thing that yeah, you just man. went through. Yeah. And I think more of us need to become more comfortable yeah. with talking about the roles that our mothers, our grandmothers, our aunts oh, yeah. played in helping form us into the people that we are yeah. and the successes that we no have. No doubt, no doubt. Now, with that, we'll, we'll talk about that at a later time, <laughs> but I, I'd, I'd like for you to speak to... Um, the faith community. Now, I'm going to say the faith yeah. community because here at Black Cannabis, we're working on a conversation. Cannabis and faith. Not just Christians or Muslims or Jews right. or anyone else, right. but the faith leaders. Right. Can you just speak about that from your perspective? Because you are yeah. one of those faith leaders here yeah. in Capital City. And see, part of what we struggle with is the faith community is embraced upon an, idol an ideology that is almost detrimental at times to what this industry needs. You have to be open, you have to be receptive, you have to be clear about what you're dealing with. And the faith industry has been painted into a corner of thinking this is negative, it's the Cheech and Chong, it's the bad, it's the thing we should stay away from. So in essence, this whole, this whole industry has been stigmatized. So the faith industry needs to come in and really, I would say, and help lead workshops to have all the pastors see, understand 
what the magnitude of what we're dealing with. Pastor Teller from Friendship. He's one of the few, a beacon of light, who understands why. Because he sat with you. He sat with me. He sat in these forums where he understands the enormity. It's not just something that will economically empower, but from a medicinal component. When you start talking about black and brown people, sickle cell, and how that's treated. The faith community is always moving really on a ritualized thinking. And this whole industry has evolved in such a way where we have to educate the faith community so that they understand that, yeah, the faith is necessary, but the work that you're missing in the faith is the educational component that we provide for you. And once you're educated properly, your faith moves differently. I think the second piece, and I'll close with this, Hebrews 13 and 3 speaks to people being in prison. Well, there's a whole millions of populations who've been imprisoned behind this product, this industry, this reality. And now that it's now been legalized, there's a responsibility for us in the faith community to extend ourselves to those who have been conditioned to be marginalized, locked up, locked away. And it says in that passage that we ought to care for them as we care for ourselves, or we ought to care for them as if they are ourselves. And again, when we start talking about those behind bars, I would say once they're removed from the six by nail cell, the stigma of coming back into a community with no back, with no, with no support system, and the powers that this industry gives for them to be able to come in, be entrepreneurs, be empowered, to be a viable component of what we're dealing with is faith in motion. Cool, man, that's fantastic. <laughs> I want to close up on this because I think that this all also goes to uh, civic engagement, yeah. community involvement, yep. and participation. Throughout the country, we've seen voter turnout numbers constantly decline right. from all different demographics. Right. Can you just speak from your perspective the importance of people being involved in what their community looks like? Well, the power, the power of civics, and I want to thank uh, Jim Carlucci, I want to thank you. When I saw you guys working, I always said, why are they so amped up about civics? Because I, like most other people who looked like me, was conditioned to think civics was only relevant in election cycles. But civics is the very fundamental foundation in Dr. King, and I would say this to everybody listening, go and listen to Give Us the Ballot. When he lays that out in such a manner where he talks about the critical areas that civics controls, housing, health care, economics, education, social justice. Those five areas control America. And if we're on the outside looking in and only engage when others say we should be, then you miss out on the vital components of a process that is continuous, like now. You're screaming, yelling about the schools, you're screaming, yelling about the shootings, the violence in our community. Well, the only time is you're engaged when it's a crisis, you don't understand the crisis that caused the crisis. So civics is the tool that personally empowers every individual breathing to be a responsible, not only voter, but active, engaged, civic component of a reality that is always occurring. So when we say we're not here just for election cycles, you and I talk about this year round. That's right. That's like, right. And, and I can close with this saying biblically, it's one of those things where it is a piece of the tool where the book of Numbers does a census. And it's bringing Moses to a place where he wants to have an accountability of the army. For me, when you talk civics, that's a census. We need everybody who's breathing to be a part of what we're doing. 
And you can't be accountable just verbiage. We need you to be physically active and engaged in those five critical areas, even if it doesn't benefit you. I moved from a place of the ancestors to say, what I'm fighting for, what I'm fighting to, what I'm fighting through, I may not live to see, but I am committed to dying to see it occur so that those coming behind me can enjoy it. I may not do that, but the very fact that I know about it, I'm responsible to make, make sure the path is laid there for me. Darren Freedom Green. Brother, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I can't wait to sit down and talk more. All right? No doubt. Peace, man.